back to another episode of Sorry About That. So we have a really special episode planned out for you today. Um, so of course we have myself, Fiona. I'm Mary. <laughs> she rolled and her eyes have... so hard. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her face, but it's okay. She hates every time I say that. And we have a very good friend of ours, Alicia. Hi. <laughs> I've never done this before. It's I don't know. Awkward. It is. It's weird because it I'm is. talking to you two. Yes, I know. It it is. It gets hard. Um, or I mean, it it just takes awkward. a while to get used to. It's, yeah. yeah, it gets a while to get used to. But so welcome our friend Alicia. So we're really really excited about this episode. I'm not gonna tell you what we're talking about yet because we're gonna let Mary. No. <laughs> tell you. <Mary. laughs> no, it's a pretty relevant topic. So. Um, we have a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, in the country, in the nation, so we felt it was really relevant to release this episode. Yeah, I think that would be an understatement. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we did some thinking, and we just felt like it would be good to have Alicia on to just give her perspective as an African American, and just how we can move forward in racial reconciliation. And we're going to try and make sure that it's not too heavy of an episode, so you guys can have some kind of best of both worlds, but the hope is that you guys will take this conversation and then it inspires you to have your own, right? And I think sometimes we always have people of mixed races or just people who are different backgrounds in our lives that we never ask their story. We never ask really where they came from or, you know, how, what makes them who they are. And I think that that's so important. I think leading from a place of empathy is something that's just missed. So mm -hmm. I hope that through this, you guys will just be inspired to have your own conversations and, um, you know, my one ask is if it gets like uncomfortable, don't turn it off. Right. I think just fight through it. We, well, I think we We're just listen need to sit through. in the discomfort, right? Yeah. I yeah. think we just need to sit in the discomfort a little bit and understand that if you're triggered, that that just is an area we need to work on. We all have things we have to work on. You and might think, even get inspired to have these conversations with your friends. Yeah, that's the goal. That's really so, it. Um, as we continue, we just hope that you guys hang in there with us, but we promise it'll be fun. I mean, we're yeah. pretty fun. And before we get- Alicia's in... a lot more fun. She is. She's probably- the, <laughs> We've been the, drinking the, wine, too. Yeah, you're the most fun out of us, too. Really? Oh, I appreciate wow, that. Wow, I'm offended. I'm not fun. Oh, you don't know the real me. That's probably why. It's okay. Who doesn't know the real you? <laughs> girl, bye. Girl, how long we known this child for? But, so long. Forever. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, she knows, yeah. But no, but before we get into the episode, really quick, like, I know we love our Here's the Thing segment. We just wanted to give a shout out to the internet for winning this week. Hey. <laughs> um, so the memes are literally out of control and we love to see it. Yes. Um, what was Bernie your favorite, okay, Bianca, your favorite Bernie Sanders meme? <laughs> the Game of Thrones one? Yes. Okay, Alicia, what was yours? Um, okay, so the African-American community has one when he's sitting in the church and the church is packed for a funeral and he's sitting in the middle of the aisle because the church is so packed and they ain't had no more seats. Stop. Swear yes. to God oh that I died. <laughs> do you have a favorite one, I do. Mary? My favorite one was the Big Bang Theory. When Have you seen Big Bang Theory? How mm -mm. Sheldon has a spot? No? Mm -mm. I'm sorry. You guys! You oh, wait, like, he has a spot on the couch? Yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. So he always is like, he'll be lettered, he's in my spot. They put Bernie Sanders in his spot. Um, that <laughs> or, or the Star Wars, the Mandalorian ones are pretty yeah. top notch too. Yeah, but um, but no, but really though, I love to see it. And you know, I just wanted to say one thing. Like, I I love that, maybe not I love, but the fact that like, you know, we're so divided right now currently in yes, our country. Absolutely. But the fact that these memes brought everybody together, together. on such a global level, yes. pretty much it feels like, on such a bigger scale, like, I mean, it, it just, it's, it's amazing to see. And I really wish like going forward to like, pretty much like my, here's the thing is like, just let's try to like do that on a bigger scale and mm -hmm. 
not be as divided, come together for a bigger purpose and love each other, be kind to each other because there's Absolutely. no reason to discriminate each other or treat each other badly or anything based on the color of their skin. So you that's all I want to say. Yeah. You're about to have service over here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and the church we go to isn't the pastor. Wasn't he originally Jewish and then he turned? Yes, he was. So yeah, so yeah. there you go. I'm gonna be That's like right. our pastor. Yep. yep. Who has just recently retired? I know, but well deserved though. Well deserved. I cried. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I it was a it was a nice service. I'm excited though. I think I'm Eric and Julia so will excited. Be so yeah, good. it's about to go down. I, I, they're great. They <laughs> are really great. That is just, it's the best move I think for the church that they could have made. So all right. all right. So I always start out with a quote. And I found this quote, it's MLK. I think, you know, especially last week, it was Martin Luther King Jr. um, And uh, last Monday. And I think a lot of us are really good at just posting quotes. And I think, though, the challenge is to really live it. And this one really struck with me. It is. I mean, it is. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Um, People fail to get along because they fear each other. Mm. They fear each other because they don't know each other. Mm. They don't know each other because they have not communicated with each other. And I just felt like that was really pertinent to kind of what we're discussing today. So... That said, um, you know, Alicia, I'll just ask you, like, how have you been feeling the past year and, and just the last, I think, two weeks with, like, the Capitol riots and the inauguration, just, like, overall, like, what was your perspective of it? Like, how did you feel? So over the past year, um, it's been definitely difficult, especially working in, like, a predominantly white community. Um, it's hard, like, with Black Lives Matter being so strong nowadays and me being a big advocate for Black Lives Matter, um, being a big voice within my company for the black community, it's hard because you have, I see customers every day. They come in, they're they're white, they have money, they have all this, they don't understand what property is like, but yet you stand in front of or behind a black person who doesn't have what you have. You stand behind or in front of a black person who might not be here the next day because they were killed by the cops. So it's definitely been, um, it's been a numbing feeling, I think a lot for the black community period and myself and my family. Like I watched my, my nephews grow up and my nieces too. Like I, and if you know me, you know, I love my babies. She, <laughs> she really does. I love my babies. Like they parents don't even understand how much I adore those kids. Yes. But it's like, and my own father and my uncles and my cousins. And it's just like, to know that one day they might not be here because some cop looked at the color of their skin and got offended mm-hmm. um, or got or felt the need to um, be scared, um, especially the, the most recent sh- uh, shooting here with I want to uh, God, forgive me. What's his name? Adrian? Oh, Andre or something? And- it was Andre. Andre, yes, yeah. Andre, it was yeah. Really, it was literally right, like, close by. Yeah, it was really close by. And it was just like, that could have been my uncle. Yeah. And it's just like, these things are hitting home. They've always hit home, but they're hitting mm-hmm. home now. So it's been very numbing. Um, I was definitely a part of the protests in the past. Um, and I will never forget, I was walking with my pastor when um, the women did their walk. Because, you know, the men had their time to walk and stand at, were they at the Capitol? I forget which, or the State House or whatever. The State House, The yeah. State House. And um, it was hard, like... Like, it was emotional. You can definitely feel, um, I am that type of Christian who will feel the souls of others. I could feel their souls. And when I was walking, it actually, crazy enough, it took me back to when I was in the third grade. And I remember my grandmother, um, we had to do an interview about um, 
black history mm-hmm. and your grandparents. I remember sitting with my grandmother, and I know I have this recording somewhere, um, and I asked her about the marches that MLK went through, and she was able to tell me the stories. And then I remember as she was passing, um, the whole shooting um, with the Dylan Roof happened in South Carolina. I always, I'm, I'm bad at pinpointing where things happen at. Mm-hmm. Um, South Carolina. And I was sitting with her in the nursing home and I was just like, Grandma, I was like, do you remember when I interviewed you? She's like, yeah. And I said, what does this time right here feel like? She says, times haven't changed. History repeats itself. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of um, how focused the media is on it. Um, And so she was like, nothing's, nothing's, nothing's changed. And I was like, man. And so when she told me that about Dylan Roof back then, then I look now and I'm a part of protest. And I'm walking with my pastor and I'm seeing the signs and I'm sitting, walking next to the women who have lost um, black men or black women or black children to police officer. And as we walked off of Marconi Boulevard, I think that's what it is. And I see a white officer staring and I see the anger in his eyes and I see I see the racism in him and I remember pointing at him and I said, I see you. And he said, I see you too. When he said that, it was just like, oh, okay. Of course, these us, us girls was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, the girls was like, um, having like our, my back mm-hmm. and they were like, that's it. That's what we're talking about. You're taking this march and you're taking us walking for lives as a joke. Granted, we don't know both sides of the story, right. but at the end of the day, the moral of the story is you shot an innocent black man. Yeah. I have a question, too. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, because I obviously, I haven't grown up in Columbus. I mm-hmm. grew up in Cleveland. Yeah. But I'm curious because I I honestly, like, I have I don't know much about Columbus, but have you mm-hmm. felt like Columbus is more racist than a lot of places that we've seen? I, I, I hear a lot of different perspectives, and I hear, like, Columbus, I don't know if they're, with homicides or anything, like, or mm-hmm. any, like, um, violence, like, by cops towards black people if it's mm-hmm. more prevalent right now if it's mm-hmm. more you know it's been happening more often but in Cleveland I know there's a lot that goes on oh like, yeah Cleveland's Absolutely. a hot mess Cleveland. there's a lot but would it's you Cleveland. say yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's Cleveland but would you say Columbus is getting to almost the same level as Cleveland I don't want to say they're almost getting to the level as Cleveland but I don't even want to say that Cleveland is the, the worst of it yeah well, because will, there's other there's yeah. a lot Ohio is full yeah. of those little hick towns where when if you're driving through and you're African American yeah. Yeah, excuse me. You're like, oh hell. Yeah, because I know I mean, Cleveland let me has speed like, past this real quick. I know, <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, I mean Cleveland, because I know just like growing up from the perspective, like I mean it's been a very diverse mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. It's mm-hmm. definitely different than Columbus, but I mean we yeah. have our areas that are we have you know crazy dangerous areas. Um, yeah. we have of course you know the suburbs and everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean I had an opportunity to live in different areas at mm-hmm. some points in time, and it was interesting to see like how people treat you differently. Yeah, in different aspects, even yeah. for me. Personally, I was in an interracial, can't talk to interracial Interracial. relationship (laughs) with someone and I was living in not a good part of town with that guy. And it was interesting to see how people were treating me just because I was dating him and everything. It was very interesting. I don't think a lot of us talk about that. No, we don't. We we definitely don't talk about interracial interracial relationships a lot. Um, But I mean, to answer your question, no, I don't see any comparison. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm more concerned about those smaller cities yeah. in Columbus versus the larger cities like mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. Probably because the, the light is shining differently on the larger cities right. than the smaller cities. Right. The smaller cities are where you're getting 
the Caucasian people who don't know what it's like to walk down the street and see a black person. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that I get more concerned. Like, my mom was born and raised in Zanesville, Ohio. I don't even know where Zanesville is. <laughs> it's an hour away from here. Guess what, girl? We go on a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, from northeast Ohio, so I literally know nothing south of It's um, literally an hour away from here, okay. but they're very racist. It's funny because, like, a lot of my cousins are mixed. And Lord knows when I come down here, I'm dark as all get out. So and my mama was too, but it's just like, you, you have to like, you have to be very cautious on mm-hmm. what you're doing, what you're saying, who you're around. Mm-hmm. I remember being at my grandmother's funeral and one of my cousins, who's probably as white as you, Bianca, or white as you guys, and he was just I mean, like, I'm, I'm whiter than Mary, right. honestly. As white as you guys. I am pale as hell. But he's mixed, but he's got the pretty hair. Mary he's has like, a little he's white. <laughs> Mary do got a little color in her. I'm 100% Eastern European, so I am pale as a guest. That's the best compliment I've ever received. <laughs> She was my sister <laughs> but but the thing is it's like he was he was even he was like man he was like they feel such a racist racist uh little city i was like yeah you would fit in just well over here me no i got to go like you i mean those are just things you have to deal with my mom had to deal with them growing up um so but part two to your question mary is the whole the whole thing about us marching versus whatever happened at the capitol so I'm just going to quote what my internet people are saying. We are not the same. The African-Americans and Caucasians, because they're Caucasians and the, the, um, what's the, the Amish people or whomever. Yeah, yeah, girl, come on, Amish. Like, (laughs) they literally, like, I believe when the whole video of George Floyd came out and then the stories of Breonna Taylor and then the Ahmaud Arbery stories came out, I truly believe that that is when it was almost like something was broken in America. It's like you have to choose a side. Mm-hmm. And do you choose right? Do you choose wrong? And I feel like that led all the way around to the Capitol, um, the storming of the Capitol, when it, you can definitely tell, and God forbid the people who caught it Antifa was doing it, just sit down somewhere because is it really Antifa? We don't know. All we know are that people mm-hmm. who were not, supportive of whatever was going on decided to storm the capital they could be antifa antitifa they could be ethiopia mm-hmm. i don't care who they are they were wrong mm-hmm. and so um the way that it was handled um was wrong it was absolutely mm-hmm. wrong the fact that i have friends who got hit by wooden bullets in downtown columbus who were sprayed with tear gas mm-hmm. um because they're fighting for a life, marching for a life that was killed, marching for their own lives, for God's sakes. Because I, I can guarantee you right now, Casey Goodman, um, and I'm so sure, Adrian, I'm so sure they probably had some part in these protests at one point in time. But little to know, now we're, we're marching for them. We're standing up for them. These people at the Capitol were mad because they couldn't get their way. They were mad because Donald Trump didn't win or whatever their mm-hmm. reason was. Because they wanted to be on TV. Because they wanted mm-hmm. to say they did something. But now look at you. Right. You know what really frustrated me with that too? Just seeing like um, they were interviewing like the people that were there and they were like interviewing. Mm-hmm. I mean it was mostly white people that were there and they were yeah. just like, they were like, oh my gosh, we keep getting hit with the whatever. I don't know what they were saying. Yeah. Like, oh, and I'm, I literally saw that. It frustrated me so much. I'm like, 
don't even like don't even mm-hmm. comment on that because like you yeah. got it easy mm-hmm. because literally had the pic had it been reversed and it wasn't white people it was black people literally it would have been, been a blood so shed different. bloodshed it would have been i mean if i can take it back to the mlk days when you said that when they're sitting there crying about what they got hit with all i see in my head is a vision of um a firefighter hose because mm-hmm. uh, that's what happened back in the day the african-american yeah. they they put the most forceful piece of water on you and, and, and pushed you out the way with water. Yeah. And now we're getting hit with bullets, yeah. with wooden bullets and mace and things mm-hmm. like that. It's just like, what kind of world do you expect us to have when you treat us completely, completely different? different? I'm curious. I want to know. I want to, I want to interview whomever gave the command to not use wooden bullets or to not use, or to use whatever force that they use against these people like i want to know why what made you feel like that was okay versus what has happened in the past this year right because i i feel like they they might i don't know like because i even just as you were saying i was just thinking like i wonder if they feel like because of like i don't know like white privilege let's say because of like is so relevant yeah so prevalent i think they think like yeah because white people would literally just up let's cause such an uprising just because they were like being treated the same as somebody else, I don't know. That maybe, I don't know. And I don't that's know. the thing, and too. It's just like... I hate that. We claim, we claim it and we label it as white privilege mm-hmm. because there's nothing else that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if we... It, it ain't black privilege for sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like... Um, it's not like they're just like, oh, they're white. Well, let's just do it this way. I'm sh- I'm sure that may or may not have, and somebody can be like, oh, girl, you cooning, but I'm sure that it wasn't because they looked at their skin and said, no, because you don't look at somebody white and say, well, let's just treat them different. You unconsciously just do it. Right. So that's why I want to know from the person who called that order to not treat them the same, because, I mean, they climbing up walls like monkeys, for God's sake. And they just let them them do that. They're like, here you go. So it's to me, it's just like, but what is it that unconsciously when you see an African-American doing something, um, being com- uh, in a community, uh, marching down streets or whatever, that you're like, oh, shoot, let's get the National Guard out. Let's get the wooden bullets out. Granted, we know it's the color of our mm-hmm. skin, but a lot of it is done unconsciously mm-hmm. because of the way that um, America has right. just taught them to be. It's like that. It's like, um, it's build as was like generational hate or whatever. It's like instinctual. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just continues to keep happening. Continues to happen. Yeah. And just like at the end of the day, like you, the hate of race is taught. It is not something that is born. You're not born yeah. into it. And I don't think it's only you know, like an American thing because I know, um, it, it can it's an inter, it's international too. Different countries are like that. I can't speak okay. for all well, of them. The, but the one thing I will say though is the way we talk about it in America is starkly different. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it yeah. is because we're so afraid. We're Absolutely. so afraid. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think the thing that that we forget sometimes is I was listening to Sarah Jakes Roberts mm-hmm. interview. Love her. Yeah, she's the, the best. Bomb. I will mm-hmm. never. I heard something by her once, and I will literally never forget it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but she made a really great point, and she was like, "You have to remember." She was like, when America was founded and slavery was happening, mm-hmm. African Americans were deemed to be, what, three-fourths of a person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so from the get-go... We, we were had, never humans. No. You mm-hmm. were never seen as full people. Yep. And and I think that that is just the part that blows my yeah. mind mm-hmm. because you're right. Hate is taught. I remember I went to mm-hmm. go see year... I mean, like, back when I remember the Titans first came out, mm-hmm. my dad took my brother and I, and mm-hmm. I remember watching it and just crying because mm. I couldn't understand 
why people would be treated different for the color of their skin. Not mm-hmm. to mention, it's like the it's one of my favorite movies ever. I can probably quote it like on command because it's so good. I believe it that was so good. <laughs> I hate him. Hannah Chair was like my spirit. Everything in that film, <laughs> but. It was interesting, though, because, you know, I was talking to my... I remember having a conversation with my dad. I don't remember exactly, but he made the comment, hate is taught. And he's always taught us that color exists, mm-hmm. but to never treat people differently. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we we have to understand that it's biological, right? So, like, I might be darker than Biana, but mm-hmm. I'm not as dark as Alicia, but we're not less of a yeah. human. I saw... And I, I, God forgive me for not remembering what this woman's name was, a white woman, and I was watching something on TikTok. God love TikTok. Um, <laughs> and the woman was saying, we're all one race. It just mm-hmm. depends on yeah. the level and where we were at above or below the equator. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, actually the truth. Is. We are all it one is. human race. Yeah. God didn't say, I'm going to have white, I'm going to have black, I'm going to have Mexican. It just depends yeah. on where you're at. For sure. Like, well, that's like that one, there's like always like these quotes, or like, yeah. it's like always posted on a picture, but it's like, love is the religion and the race is just human and there's something else yeah. I can't remember yeah. that's really it's all like, it is. It's almost like man-created race. Of course. Well, and, and I think it's because we inherently have made these divides because we put these stipulations but unconsciously it's affected us for years. Absolutely. And and I, and I don't even, somebody said generational and it's, you know, hate is taught mm-hmm. but realistically it's all generational, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. there are people who come from ex- historically conservative families mm-hmm. and they don't know Right, they don't. They mm-hmm. don't because they think that they're. And I think it's like before the age of five, you're really programmed to believe a lot of these things. Yeah. And then a lot of this right now, I was listening to a Brene Brown interview, is reprogramming, right? And so I was listening to an interview with Obama, and I, as much as I want to read his 800-page book that he just put out, I'm 100% <laughs> not going to do it. But I might dabble in it because I was super intrigued by it, but. Part of what he was saying was he he was just like everybody underestimates how much you have to believe in yourself, yeah. right? And and I honestly forgot everything that he's accomplished, right? Like I mean I've taken courses on the man in college and I mm-hmm. literally can't because it's just like you learn at a at a different time and in different circumstances, but it's just incredible to like put myself like politics aside, yeah, like it's amazing like the adversity or even Kamala Harris that mm-hmm. she's had to overcome. And again, politics politics aside. To be the first woman vice president of color, of mm-hmm. color, of color, in mm-hmm. the White House, mm-hmm. is incredible for women and, yeah. and children everywhere. Because mm-hmm. I think it's such an inspiration. But how many times do you have to hear the word no? Right? Oh, girl, mm-hmm. come on. And she, I heard her say once, like, "I eat no for breakfast," and I hundred percent believe that. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> it's like the double-edged sword right there, like yeah. of mm-hmm. color and a woman, like mm-hmm. I, like that. <laughs> right. That is that is difficult, but. Yeah. I think so many of us grow up with a privilege that we don't understand mm-hmm. because it's our norm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, when when we have conversations, we have to lead from a place of empathy. And I think that that is such a skill that a lot of us don't have. Don't have. So I think it's really understanding what it would be like to be driving your car and be fearful of getting pulled over mm-hmm. because you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. But uh, just the color of your skin or having your tags run or, you know, being out somewhere in a store and being profiling for shoplifting. Exactly. Because of just you're wearing a hoodie. Look. Yeah, exactly. And you're dark. Yeah. And you just look like you just don't, ain't up to no good. Yeah. And it's just like, what is that supposed to look like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, but that's exactly it. So mm-hmm. what does privilege look like? And I think that's the part that we are missing because you look at the people who rioted the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it blew my mind because, and I read this, 
14,000 people were arrested day one of the George Floyd protests. Mm-hmm. 14,000 people. 63 were arrested on the Capitol riot. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. 63. That doesn't but it's the Capitol building. Like, when I went there for my eighth grade trip, they like, stand across here and look at it. <laughs> Like, yes, it I mean, wasn't even like they were like, and then they here's the Washington like, Monument. Yes, just, like pretend. That's how I mean, you got. Take a picture on the stairs, call it a day, get out. I mean, they were like, literally yeah. saying that like Costco is more secure than the Capitol. Girl, thing. preach. It's, okay, well, Walmart is more secure. Walmart. For God's sake, not this, I mean, not you not have to talk. Rhea's talking about something. Let not, me see your receipt, man. No, not, not where is Walmart, your receipt? Though. Not, not the Walmart here though. They just had a random shooting like re- recently. Morse Road. Well, that's Morse Road. That's a different one. That Walmart is a breed of that greeter probably walked out when they saw them shooting. Now I'm blaming me. That was a lot. Yeah, but, but I've got the Walmart though. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. I don't care if she got a receipt. Get out. But really though, like that's the craziest thing. I mean, yeah. There you can. I mean, it's, you can it's, take it's, it's it's definitely disgusting. But the beautiful thing about the past four years is that it is now brought to light, and it is at a place where it's just like, yes, you need to either go left or go right. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a political standard. I'm talking about a moral standard. Right. You can either believe in and understand that there is um, racial injustice, or you can choose to sit back and say, I don't see color, or I don't believe in that. Go ahead and choose back, because if that's what you're choosing, mm-hmm. I want to know up front, so I don't mm-hmm. stay away from you. Or I know that you're with me, and that you'll mm-hmm. stand in this fight with me. Right. Now, let me, let me say that, or ask you this. And just, I, because this is something that I, I've honestly, I've said it before Mm -hmm. and I don't even think I realized what I was saying at the time, but from your perspective, is there a difference between somebody when says, I don't see color or I see color? There's a difference. Yeah. So. And I actually just learned what that difference is. Yeah. Cause I have, I've always been just very diverse growing up. My Mm -hmm. mom has always, I mean, my, my mom's side of the family is mixed. So to me, it's like, yeah, I see color because I know that people see color when they see me and I'm the darkest one out of my whole family. So I definitely know I see color. <laughs> like, I don't know what it's like to be lighter than a spit in a brown paper bag like my sister does. But um, yes, and I, I just recently learned this this past year because even as an African-American, it's just like, okay, we can sit here and claim that people are being racist or we can sit here and claim that, you know, uh, talk about racial injustice, but not even fully understand the what it actually means to be racially injustice um ingested is that what's the word i don't know which one's the word anyways so when um i forget who it was that i heard say uh i think it was at church when i think julia either julia said when you say you don't see color you're pretty much saying you don't see the struggle that our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. are going through and that moved through me because i'm like that is the most easiest way to explain it and because you say you don't see color is to say and i quote someone that i know is to say well the holocaust was really bad too Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is that the holocaust um the the things that people went through during the holocaust are not equal now we're not comparing apples to apples Mm -hmm. but you're not saying that that is no different than what african americans are sitting here facing to Mm -hmm. the same i mean we still get lynched Mm-hmm. For God's sakes, we are still being um, put in the prison systems unjustfully. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that African Americans only make up a small part of the country, but they make a huge part of the prison system. Mm-hmm. It's just like that at the end of the day to me is systematic Oppression. slavery. Oh, yeah. Systematic yeah. slavery. You systematically put them into these four walls and mm-hmm. barred them and are making them do work on the side of the roads as as system mm-hmm. slavery. Oh, and when like, they get out, they like still they they don't have opportunities to 
yeah, ma- like to have better yeah. opp- whatever, like an opportunity to, re- to, to pretty much wrong their right, right their wrong. Well, exactly. and that's and what we were talking and, about the last podcast. Yeah, with recidivism. I yeah, I I did a study back in my senior year of college, but it was on the recidivism. So our justice system really sets people up to come back, and I was appalled at just. Compared to other countries, mm-hmm. girl, how mm-hmm. awful we are! Like yeah. there, there are countries yes. where you would have, um, and I forget what it is, but you would have a maximum eight-year sentence, no matter the crime. Mm-hmm. And in those eight years, you're required to get a GED and a college education, and then or a learner trade or whatever mm-hmm. you wanted to do. Yep. And then you would get a job directly after. Yep. And it blows my mind how we really set people up to be dependent on the system. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're in a place where you want to better yourself. And I just read a story on Dress for Success. They had a girl who was a survivor of human trafficking and mm. was on drugs, consequently. Most of them are. Yeah. And got herself a job. Mm-hmm. And she got custody of her kids back. And she was at Dress for Success getting outfits. And um, I, I just, you know, I think that it's, it's such a testament to... What can happen when somebody believes in you yeah. and they don't dehumanize you? And to your point about the Holocaust versus now, they're both dehumanization. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. They're both. So so when we're looking at an African-American mm-hmm. and we're calling them only three-fourths of a person. Yeah. And I think unconsciously a lot of us do think that they're lesser than for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Because we live in a time now where your beliefs make you a better person. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So if I'm a Republican, then I'm better than Biana, who might be a liberal, or I'm better than whoever. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that is just like this bizarre mindset that we've agreed ourselves to. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we've just normalized. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. We're just like, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to prance around and be like, this better. And we see it every day at work, right? Like, we all work with people, like, yes. in the public. Yeah. And you, and you see people who think yeah. that they're better than everybody mm-hmm. else. And I think it blows my mind because it's just, and, and I want people to be able to celebrate their successes and where they are at life. But my gosh, humility is like non-existent sometimes. Non-existent. And you know, as you were just talking about just comparing the Holocaust and slavery too, I was just thinking back like in school too, they focused more on teaching us about the Holocaust than slavery at all. Well, yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I just was looking we back at that. We just got our museum. Yeah. I mean, we have the one in Cincinnati, but we just got the one in D.C. where the Holocaust mm-hmm. Museum also mm-hmm. is as well. And it's just like it's 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 almost like they want to erase our history, right? Because, because they the know that they that were wrong, they but they, they don't want to admit it. And that, they, I mean, they yeah. have their own doggone separate Bible from the actual Bible that is there for us to live by, yes. to teaching I, us yeah. as slaves that this is what God wanted for us. I mean, if you talk about dehumanizing people, they mm-hmm. took our skin mm-hmm. and made handbags and lampshades mm-hmm. over. Like that is why we are. I mean, that's and to me, it's like there are people who don't know that this happen to african-americans and they don't want to open up a book and learn or guess what the book might not be Mm -hmm. there because our history has been hidden and buried Mm -hmm. and deepened within our ancestors if our grand if we don't ask our grandparents or our Mm great-grandparents about what happened or in their time and then in their time before that it's like we just don't know Mm -hmm. but all we can do is based upon where we're at right now which definitely ain't no different and it's just like it's unfortunate that I'm gonna have to tell my four year old niece and my three year old niece and my nephews like that they don't like to, to like you know your skin color used to be they used to take your skin and make it into a lampshade back in the day. Do you know one of them handbags is, was made by it was your auntie's great auntie uncle whatever mm-hmm. skin because we weren't people. 
-hmm. And that is so depressing Mm -hmm. to know that these are conversations I'm going to have to tell them, Mm -hmm. whether the world gets better or whether the world Mm -hmm. gets worse. And we live in such a time now that we have so many resources. I feel like people are now taking the initiative to learn more now because there's I mean, we always have had libraries and books that people can read, mm-hmm. but, like, not everybody was going to go read it and everything. But, like, mm-hmm. now we have phones, we have the internet, everything. Like you, everything. Can, you can easily type Absolutely. a question in Google, and now you, there's no reason yep. that you can't learn something. Yes. And just be open-minded and just accept, like, you know, just accept everybody and mm-hmm. just, like, learn history. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's you don't all have, it is. Yeah. Just learn history. Learn that's something it. different. You see, so, like, I know I work at a bank. My, my community is huge of the Nepali people. I look it up. What do they eat? What do they like to talk about? Because they're so quiet and so many, they're the sweetest people ever. And it's like, I want to know where they come from. Like, I want to know what their history is, you mm-hmm. know, like to take that initiative is choosing to not be ignorant. Mm-hmm. A lot of people nowadays just choose they want to just be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and be ignorant. Watch whatever show you want to watch on TV and think you're getting actual lessons from that. You're not. Yeah. Like, open up a book. Yeah. It's Well, I think it's doing. Trevor Noah has a great quote where he says, um, which, you know, mm-hmm. Trevor Noah. Love him. Love him. <laughs> um, but he was like, you know, travel. Traveling yes. is the antidote to ignorance. Yes. And I can honestly say because I've done a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just starkly alarming how much we don't learn. Right? Mm-hmm. Or how much, to your point, and I remember I, I read that about the Bibles. And it blew my mind because I had to reread it like four times. And I was like, wait, what, what? Like, mm-hmm. so what? But it was, again, they were cultivating this, this thing of this is like, they were almost rationalizing it for both sides. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think that we fall into this category so many times of people, they, you know, we see it every day. They bring faith into it, but it's their version. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and people are just like, I'm these, like, I'm this, I'm this Christian but you know what? I'm really not going to accept you mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I'm, but I do this and I love this and I love everybody, but almost everybody. Yeah. And I think that that's where we have to look internally and understand where those lie. Because to be honest with you, I believe it's a, it's a Leo Tolstoy quote who says you can't change the world without first changing yourself. Preach. And, and I think that there's so much to that, that we don't want to change about ourselves because mm-hmm. then that requires to have conversations like this. Right. Yep. Right. And yep. it's uncomfortable and it's yeah. weird, but at the mm-hmm. same time, how I'm learning so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's just like of how much, or flip it on the up flip side, how much do we know that we forget or we tune out because it doesn't affect us, right? So yeah. I think that there's so much that we see every day and then we suppress it, right? Or Absolutely. we Or we just are like, you know what? I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, how many times did, do I see things happen just in, in the public just every day? And I'm like, I'm just going to yeah. pretend I just didn't yeah. see it. You know what we I mean? We are so shut, closed mouth. Yes. So when we see something wrong, we don't want to say something. Right. Because one, that's either the normal. Right. Or two, we don't know what reaction we're going to get from that person. Right. We don't want to step out and be that person. Exactly. And it's and it's a hard place to be, but I think mm-hmm. we're at a time where... You got to be that person. You have to stand up because... And I'm not saying like stand up and like fight the fight. I'm just right. saying stand up for people who are being treated lesser than because that is... Right. If you're at a grocery store and you see somebody being rude to somebody and you know deep in your heart just because of the color of their skin, say something. Be that person to say, hey, what's the problem here? Or if you see, um, uh, in the instance where you were talking before, a man being wrong to a woman or vice versa or a child or whatever, say something. Yeah. Well, but yeah, and I think, though, it's, it's important to... 
I think understand that we, you know, can't normalize that stuff. But at the same time, you know, I think speaking up is, is a certain level of courage. And I think yeah. supporting is a certain level of courage. And Absolutely. It's, and it's not to say we're not. You ain't got to be the hero. Right. right. Please, <laughs> for the love of God, just, don't like start a fight or march right. or something. But, <laughs> but I think it's important. Just be a human being. Just be treat, a human being. That's, that's, yeah, that's exactly. all it is. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think that that, you know, I think it's an important realization too because, you know, now that I think we're moving on and mm-hmm. the, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and I, 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 it's so frustrating to me that it's taken on such a negative connotation at times. Yeah. Because... Regardless, it was started because we needed to have a conversation, right? I think when mm-hmm. the George Floyd shooting happened and Trevor Noah had a brilliant, um, like, little 15-minute clip on it, mm-hmm. like, just brilliant in terms of he was just like, you know, it was a domino effect, right? Mm-hmm. So it was, we're all sitting in quarantine, we're all watching this happen, and, like, one after the other, we see this fall, and all of a sudden we see this man die on camera, right? Yeah. And it's obviously that we need to have the conversation, but it's just so obvious as well that so many of us are so tired. And let me ask you this. When people ask you, mm-hmm. and, you know, so part of the reason, and this is just me speculating, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, the reason why we're protesting and, and doing this stuff, and I say we because I fully support that as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, like, not looting or rioting, That's but I, I support yeah. protesting. Um, but, you know, how did we get to the place of, I think, just, like, getting to the place of understanding that, like, we need to continue the conversation. And I think when the George Floyd happened, it was just so frustrating because people have been asking to feel heard and they haven't felt seen for so long mm-hmm. and that was the only way they felt seen. yeah it was almost like that was like the last that was mm-hmm. it that was, that was the it camel, the straw that broke the camel's back because i mean let's take it back a little bit further black lives matter started far before george floyd happened mm-hmm. when the media i, I want to say the first um person who it really just like stung us as a community because we as african-americans know these things happen all the time yeah are we hush hush about it no we're upset we're angry but you know we push through but the whole trayvon martin situation yeah. when george Zimmerman yes. got away with shooting oh this my gosh, child i remember trayvon martin there were in, yeah. like protests everywhere yes and... mm-hmm. I uh, from that. from and that's from my recollection if there is anybody else who feels any like any before that that's the most i can see because it, that's when it started the domino effect and then, like, seeing the way, like, you know, of course, it got quiet for a while, but these things are still happening. Yeah. And it's just like, but it just got a little quiet because yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, oh, we won't want to shine. And you, like you said, there's no changes. Like, there's no changes. It's been well, happening for decades that, upon decades. Yeah. We and, keep and having discussions and things happen, like the media yeah, covers and everything, but, but the there's no changes. Should have happened yeah. a long time ago. The, I will never forget when um, I want to say Mike Brown was killed. Um, and they left, left his body there in the street. And I think that was when I first started at like the vineyard, maybe like two years or later. Um, I think that's when my pastor preached about, um, like the, I think that was the first time he was talking about racial injustice and how his body was just left there. Mm-hmm. And then you see things that happen like with Dylan Roof and him killing all these black people. He said, cause they were black. And then they're feeding him Burger King. Right. They're like praising yeah. him for like, that's it's yeah. messed up. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, his uncle and them, they were racist and he was born in a, well, that's a problem. And it's like, these are the conversations that should have been had then. But um, unfortunately, George, George Floyd had to die in this vicious and horrific murder for, and mm-hmm. on, for us to be able to see it over and over and over again. Mind you, he wasn't the first. For them to say, oh, let's talk. 
let's yeah. say something mm-hmm. let's and i in in the the pr people or people period because it wasn't just black people saying this has to stop oh and fox news even came out it was like this is wrong and I was yeah like, what to see the news <laughs> that's fox the news was yeah. like something's like, wrong to I'm like, see what? the news be able to say oh no 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 this is not right like what is actually happening it to me um, do I feel like the past four years is, and I don't choose to say his name, but the past four years has shined a light on it? Absolutely. You know, I think it's interesting because Trevor Noah put it like Trump has been the antagonist in this story that almost mm-hmm. in a way, like if you're looking at it from the bright side, mm-hmm. right? Like I think I could say a lot of things about Trump, but it really shed a light on the fact that when you have somebody in office, aka the highest office, the president, who's <laughs> openly like, pro white people right Mm -hmm. and who in the same breath is like the black people love me and and i think it's just but it's very demoralizing i feel Mm -hmm. like because it's just like although he he talks like they follow their massa yeah but i think it's Mm -hmm. but i mean i think that the positive thing about the last four years Mm -hmm. has been that it's getting the conversation going yes because i think he really has brought the fact that people carry so much hatred Mm -hmm. in In their their hearts for for no reason other than the fact that and trump is all about his ego right absolutely his his entire scoreboard was the economy so if the economy was fine then he's amazing right like Mm -hmm. it's because he's a businessman at heart. That's all it is, yeah. But I think, though, and I was, because I, I've been reading a lot of um, conservative negation has been that Joe Biden is cutting jobs. And to be fair, all administrations, every administration jobs are cut. But I think the thing gets to be, it's just like, you know, I was thinking about this today and I was like, but what do we need to take to get back to the morals, right? Period. So, exactly. So I think yep. that there, we have to understand it's like working for a job where yep. the company doesn't live its values. You right. take a hit, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that unfortunately, and I was on unemployment last year, so it's not like I took the hit too, right? Like yeah. it's not like we have, yeah. haven't taken the hit, but I think it's just like we need to get back to the place of where the morals are the right thing to do. And that has basically been like my platform period when it comes to this. And everybody's like, and people that I have friends who are Trump supporters, I don't even know if I can say friends, but the people in my life who are Trump supporters, and they say, oh, Trump's done the greatest for us, blah, 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 blah. Possibly in a business mind standard. For sure. But where is your morals right, with him? Right. And that's just it, though. And it's Because like, at the end of the day, I don't care if the economy fails or soars. I want a president who I know is not going to support someone um, taking a car and shoving it through a doggone uh, protest. I want a president who's going to sit there and say, you are wrong and you know better. I want a president who's going to sit there and actually like humble himself and be with the people and, mm-hmm. and understand and take a side of what's right and what's wrong. Right. In your opinion, do you need to take a side? Like, do you need to be Democrat or Republican to be a part of the solution? No, because at the end of the day, this is not a political thing. The color of my skin is not political. It's not by far. And it's just like when people do you feel make... like we've made it political? Absolutely. I think before the election, I even was driving down in Reynoldsburg and I saw Trump, 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 Trump. And then I would see like, we support the police. We support the police. And then if I see a Black Lives Matter sign, I'll see Black Lives Matters. Then I'll see Biden Harris. And I'm just like, will I ever see a Trump sign with a Black Lives Matter sign at the same house? And I was just like, probably not. Because people haven't learned to separate that when it is a separate issue. I think it became political when our when he 
chose to make it political, when he chose to not speak on racism, that's when he made it political. I think that people took it political as an excuse. Um, I think people chose to look at it as like, well, of course all lives matter. But then, I mean, you're always going to have someone think the complete opposite and not understand because they choose to be ignorant. They choose to, to, to be in a space where they're just like, oh, well, all lives matter, not just black ones. And then I think my friend told me the greatest thing is just like, yes, all lives do matter. But guess what? All lives house is not on fire right now. The right. black lives, our homes are on fire right now. Well, that that was the idea with the Black Lives Matter was it's just... Yes, it's... You guys have felt very, again, not seen and not heard. For decades upon And so the, decades. the movement was yes. to give you a voice. Absolutely. And then I think trumping it, no pun intended, <laughs> with, the, with the All Lives Matter was almost a slap in the face. Yeah, it because, was a slap in the face. It was like, well, we understand that Black right. Lives Matter, but All Lives Matter. Well, and, and of course, All Lives do, but I think it's the thing of like, we haven't been respecting your guys' place for so long. So, well, nobody's saying people don't matter. That's right. not what we're That's saying. That's not what it's we're just, saying, yeah. It's, it's the fact that it was a movement that mm-hmm. was intended to focus, focus on, on... the black lives that are being correct. murdered. Correct. Out and, here in and, the streets. Yeah. Period. That's it. Yeah. When you and, choose to insert yourself into something, that shows that how selfish you are as a person. Now you can sit there and say, all lives matter. Well, then again, you're sitting there saying you don't see color. And then again, you're sitting there saying you never see the struggle that we went through. Yeah. And I think too, it's, you know, and I, I don't, I want to be careful because it's not like a, we're not trying to shame anybody who does no. it. But I, but I think it's this idea of, I think we all need to kind of own our peace and understand that, you know, if we're having a hard time seeing that black lives matter, mm-hmm. Why? Right? Is it because of what, right. what where right. we were brought up? Is right. it because of Why don't where, you understand? What is right. it? And is it because of where you go to church? I don't know what it is, but it's just, you know, I would say, I think one of my, I think the most profound things with the vineyard that we go to is they were the first people in Columbus to like raise a hand and be like, we're going to be a part of the solution. Yeah. And I think that that just moved volumes because, oh, you know, God, yeah. I think so many churches, and while I agree, churches need to stay out of politics. Again, this isn't a political issue, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, churches shouldn't go support. Like, if I went to a church and I saw a freaking Biden sign or Trump sign, I would pull out. <laughs> like, in a heartbeat. In right. a heartbeat. I'm just like, right. what is happening? Like, right. But I think the thing is, you know, we need to be accepting of the fact that churches are supposed to be a place, a community, right? Yes. And nobody should feel left out. And I think that I saw so many people, church leaders, especially those bigger platform do the things and some of them were in the wrong and some of them were right but a lot of them are just trying to figure this out right Mm -hmm. and i think the sad part to me was is i saw so many people being like i haven't taken a stance like this before Mm -hmm. right especially in the church community yeah especially non-denominational girl and so i think it was an interesting time because all of a sudden now you have people who are using their pulpits to discuss hard stuff Right. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's the hard thing about it. It's because as Christians, we're called to love everybody. Mm-hmm. But do we? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's we, almost like our pastors are calling us out. Right. It, yeah. We, and we, he's we making it. And that's kind of what I felt this past year is like, oh, he like, I know we've lost a lot of members. And yeah, and, I'm just, and I can just see that from customers being members and telling me, oh, I don't call there anymore. Yeah. But it's just like. 
He, our pastors are calling us out and he's saying, do you believe what the word of God says? Right. Like, do you believe in this Bible or do you, or are you still reading from that Bible that she was reading that they was reading yeah. from back in slavery days yeah. saying like, Oh, you know, well, this is kind of how God intended it to be. I mean, we as African-Americans talk about how we deserve our reparations or rep- reparations. Is that what it is? Yeah. Reparate. I need my check. So <laughs> it's like, yeah. we talk about how other races and other people who have been through terrible, um, uh, issues like terrible things like we have a slavery like you know the holocaust has gone through their things and whatever other country has gone through them they got their reparations but we haven't gotten ours we don't have ours we don't even have the respect that we even deserve anything we're still living in slavery we're still living in modern day slavery and i don't think that people see that because we're walking around without shackles on our feet that they can't see and the people that are walking around with shackles on their feet are confined behind closed walls so it's like at the end of the day it's like our pastors are saying do you see what's going on and our pastors are saying if you don't see it then you totally do not belong here yeah yeah i think it's interesting because i think a lot of churches took a very proactive stance in terms of like Mm -hmm. more supporting this yeah and i think it was a risky move and i think you know i remember stephen furtick and john gray did an interesting talk and john gray literally said to stephen furtick like do you understand that you're gonna like lose a lot? And he was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, but I don't really care. Because yeah, it's the right thing to do." Yep. And I think that that was, you know, and John Gray, and I'll never forget. He just got so emotional, and he was like, "You just have no idea." And it was just like this look on everybody's face of just like, for once, we're listening, right? Yeah. Like, and listening to listen, right? And yes. I think that was one of those things where, one of the quotes said in that series, and I, I, to be honest with you, I listened to it a few times. It was like, "Before you can take a stand, you need to take a seat." Mm-hmm. And I think that that was so many times how many people were going around the protest just like doing whatever they were doing mm-hmm. and they were just like, but I don't really know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And they do, but they don't, right? Like they don't understand. And so I think, you know, as a white person going to the protests, I want, like the goal for me would be to experience what you guys have been feeling, the repression, mm-hmm. but the freedom to be doing what you're doing, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And, but I think, but it's it's not, it's my fight because nobody should have to go through that yeah but i don't feel the freedom that you're feeling does that make sense yes so it's not like like the shackles like i'm wearing them for you and with you yes but it's not like all of a sudden i've been feeling this and i think too a lot of it you know it's like it's it's been a long time coming but i'm so glad that people are actually doing the right thing because you're right in my bible it says god loves everybody yep I don't know what Bible some people are reading. Red or yellow, black and white. The we are precious Bible. in his sight. Yeah. Like, well, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I love the message Bible, but it's the truth. And I feel like, and I love that you said I'm wearing this, the shackles you're wearing, but it's, but yeah. it's different on your feet than it For is sure. on my feet. But you're, you're being in that fight with me saying that, like, if you're down mm-hmm. to protest and I'm down to protest, my fight is definitely going to be on 10 and yours is going to probably be on like seven, hey, but, but you're so, there but, with me. Yeah, but You're with me. You're it's, learning. It's you're support. understanding. Think, it's support. It's and, what we need. Yeah. And it's time for the white community or communities period to stand up and say, dang, I don't understand what you're going through, but I want to sit in this fight with you and I want to make sure that right is right and wrong is wrong. And I think, in the, to, and I mean, this was like my, one of my questions, but you kind of answered it, but what would be your ask of the white community say something mm-hmm. yeah say something 
do something. I think it was um, my one of my managers. He was upset one day, and he's white, and he's gay too. And he was saying um, that he was upset because he heard something on the news recently, and they had said something like about the officer that was getting fired for Adrian. Is that what his name is, Adrian? Please. Tell it was. Me. I think it was Andre. Andre. I'm sorry. God forgive. I'm sorry, family. But Andre. The family of him, he was like, the justice is being served because the police officer has been fired. He got pissed because he was just like, that's not justice. And who are you to say what justice is when you're not that family who was mourning the death of that loved one for no apparent reason? And he was just like, I feel like I just want to just like write a letter or say something to the, I think it was the police commissioner or whoever said something. And I was like, do it. He was like, really? Right. I said, why not? Why would you sit back and not say nothing, which has been happening for years upon years upon years, when you have the voice, you have the color, you have the the gender to say how you feel about right. something. And if your voice on top of this person's voice, on top of that person's voice, is says something, maybe it might click in somebody's head. Right. Maybe we should do something about this. But if you choose to sit back and not do anything at all, like then you become a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You become a part of the non-compliant the the non-compliant that we people who are choosing to not say nothing at all. Right. When you yeah. say nothing, you you're like you're making you're it gonna, two right. times you're gonna worse. See yeah. You're yeah. gonna yeah. see yeah. nothing. When you yeah. say nothing, you don't want to thank right. you. You're and, gonna see and, nothing. And I think though it's interesting because I remember during that time there were so many things where it's like. Um, the, you know, the swipe up links. That's all I did for quarantine. I started just swiped up on all these freaking things. Swipe up. Uh, so I did. <laughs> but anyhow, it would be a template of something you could send in, right? And so mm-hmm. I did that. I was like, I don't even know what I'm sending, but I'm supporting this. And I think, though, it's just the thing of, like, you have to stand for something, right? There's mm-hmm. a quote. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for nothing, no, right? If you stand mm-hmm. for, if you stand, yeah, if you stand for, for nothing, nothing, you'll yeah, fall for, for nothing. nothing at all. Yeah. And, and I think, though, you'll that's... You'll fall for anything. Yeah, or that's it. Yes, if you stand for nothing, yeah. you fall for anything. But I think, though, we, we're so afraid to take a stance because mm-hmm. we're afraid of what people are going to think. Right. But at the end of the day, I think that that's where we have this moral compass that is just so effed, <laughs> for mm-hmm. a lack of a better word. Because we know inherently what the right and wrong thing to do is, mm-hmm. but we ignore it yeah. because society tells us no. Yeah. So standing up for somebody or standing up for something is really difficult, right? Like, yeah. I think, you know, when we worked together, I to be honest, I feel like we were, the white people were the minority. Like, how many of us? <laughs> Seriously, I was like. No, really, that was true. That was like, so true. And it was like, it was, it was a, it was, it wasn't what I thought, but at the same time, I, I feel like for once I did get a different perspective because I did see so many things firsthand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I think we would ever be in a position to do other than just circumstances, right? Of just Columbus is very diverse for anybody who doesn't much live so. here. Yeah. And like, literally I was like the minority on the team <laughs> and I was running you were. it. You <laughs> absolutely right, were. I, was, I hired the team. That yeah. was, but I mean, and, and again, and I think one of the coolest things about that team that I can look back and say is we had so many different languages on that team. So many. We had it was so, beautiful. We had so many different yes. skin colors. We had so many different yeah. backgrounds. Yes. 
And that's what made it so good, right? And we worked so well together. We were like a dream team. And we were. We were a family, literally. And it's on a small scale, like how beautiful it can be if people just came together and worked towards one goal. And we were supportive of each other. And 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 that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. Your story from Gladys' story. And we don't do enough. And we were just at this earlier. We don't do enough of listening to other people's stories. No, I mean, and I'm going to tell you what, though. When I listened to Gladys' story, I was in tears. When I listened to Irma's story, I was in tears. Yes. Army story always puts oh me in tears. Oh my gosh, I like can't. It's one of those. I I just I I do it. I'm never gonna retell it because it's mm. her story and it's such yeah. a powerful story yeah. that I don't even think I, I could I could never do it right now. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. it was just I, it was so moving. And I remember, yeah, she told me times before we had to open, and I'm like, Irma, I can't get it together. What is wrong with you? And then she will always tell you at the at the moment where you're like. I wasn't ready for this. Yeah, it was just like, she just was like, hey, Mary, can we talk? I'm like, sure. She's like, and I'm like, what the hell? What? what? Where does this come from? I, I thought that she wanted to tell me something. Yeah. Like, And then yeah. at the end of the day, what's the one girl who was on drugs that you had to call the, what you oh, call Caitlin. it? Caitlin. Caitlin. Like, it's like, you kind of sort of just, and she was completely different from all of us. And it was just yeah. like, but we all had a story we came from. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about working at, together which is why we're all friends is just that we chose to listen to each other and understand each other mm-hmm. we never looked i don't want to say we never looked at each other's color but we never treated each other as a different type of color right. like that team it was us against them customers <laughs> those customers forced <laughs> us those to customers like, forced us to band yeah. together <laughs> what's that little picture when all the arms are linked together all the race the different races of arms oh my God. that was our team <laughs> And, oh my gosh, no, for sure. But, 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 but I think so, but it was yeah. interesting because when I originally started hiring, it was never intended for me to hire everybody who I did. I hired the best people for the team. Yeah. Because I feel like now we're in a time where people hire to have X, Y, and Z person on their team. Mm-hmm. The token, as you said. Yes. And I think, though, we're really missing the point of what can happen when you genuinely hire somebody for who they are, right? right. Their yeah. authentic self. Right. And I just don't think that we look at because I'm going to be honest with you, like anybody who I hired from the African American community was so respectful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it was like, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. So kind. Right. And they put up with so much crap, even though like, <laughs> and, and you guys didn't deserve a lot of it. And don't get me wrong. I took some of the heat too. Yes, you did. And, and we, <laughs> some, we did have a few questionable people. A few questionable people. We did, we had but yeah, think, but that's but, comes with any job. But that's with any so, job. but yeah, you say. but you were right. Oh, but that, no, but yeah, I will from say, that, yeah. they pretty much turned themselves into me. Really they, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. They were sad. Yeah, yeah, because I think that was the thing. It's nobody yeah. wants to be called on. Everybody, everybody loved Mary and Biana. Like everybody yeah. loved Mary, Biana, and Johnny. Everybody loved you guys. <laughs> like <laughs> that's still my boo. I don't care what nobody say. No, oh, I she all of her own oh. <laughs> this girl was like four foot nine 80 pounds but she would fight anybody, anybody. <laughs> like, um, I, I still I have a lot of love for Johnny but yeah. I think though you know it's just getting to the point of understanding that what can happen when you genuinely put yeah. people aside very, very true. for like your what you unconsciously think of them and what you actually accept mm-hmm. about them yeah and I think that that's so much of what we don't do because we, in, in my opinion, our society lacks two very critical skills, mm-hmm. empathy and critical thinking. 
And I think those go hand in hand yeah. because we don't understand how to process things if it's not a meme, which don't get me wrong. I love a good meme, but it's just like our world is compartmentalized mm-hmm. in like a freaking photo with a funny. Well, tagline. I mean, the, but the memes sometimes do provide they a are. deep, they dark do. truth. I mean, it just brings that they truth do. to light. So it helps. But, you, I mean, but it's, but it's how we process information, though. Yeah. And but I it's OK that, to process information differently. It is, well, but I think, though, the point is, I think when we get to the place of dealing with really heavy topics we don't have the capacity to handle them, right? Right. And so I think it's just as easier just to do that. And then all of a sudden, it's like the topic goes away, right? Like, I promise you, this is the last, in the next week, I don't think anybody's going to see a Bernie Sanders meme, probably. I hope so. I need one. I feel like he's been in every photo. I don't understand what other ones he could be in. We'll find some, trust us. It's 2021, we'll find some. Something. And last final thoughts you have, Alicia? Put yourself in the other person's shoes. Whether you know them or you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Whether their skin color is different, their hair color is different, they look a certain way, they smell a certain way. Put yourself in their shoes and speak up when you see wrong happening. Mm-hmm. Period. Be a part of the solution. Be a part yeah. of the solution. And I think, you know, it's, it. I think it's, <laughs> it's simple. Period. Simple Period. Enough. Period. Don't sit back and just be quiet. <laughs> say something, even yeah. if it's just a two-letter word. Like, that's wrong. Say it. Yep. Well, it's just getting back to your moral compass. So, yeah. well, well, thank you for coming on, Alicia. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and as always, guys, <laughs> make sure you follow us, share this episode. Yeah, share this episode. Share, I hope pretty that much, it, yeah. Honestly, Give us this a five-star, four-star rating, whatever. Nothing no, less than a four. four. Girl, you better. Four or five. No, five-star. Five. <laughs> five. Five for five. Five for five. Oh, nobody's... anyways no but please share this episode with people that you love and care about and spread the word everybody this is an important episode i'm gonna go on record and say this is the most important episode we've done on the podcast because it is (laughs) the most important episode of the year hopefully you just started i know (laughs) every episode we're just saying saying it's it's important (laughs) it's important okay Important. Period. period. <laughs> Bold period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, thank you guys so much for listening. As like we said, please, you know, also send us messages, like give us feedback. Tell us if you like this episode, we'll do another episode as well. Like it's a very relevant topic. It's not going to go away. So. And if you have any questions, I'm sorry, I'm just adding to your podcast. If oh, you yeah. have any questions that you would like to be asked or, or, or an answer, let them know. Do you want people to follow you, Alicia? No, because my photos are personal. They can send it to y'all, though. Okay. (laughs) No, follow Alicia. No, that was a hard no, too. No, I got family photos and whatnot. I don't know y'all. Y'all crazy. (laughs) Well, we hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Period. Sorry about that.